Yo, what's up, baby? This is Burt Watson, and you're listening to Pro Sports Podcasters, baby. The best sports podcast on the internet. The only one I know. Your night, your fight, you need to get it right and listen to Pro Sports Podcasters all night long. Boom! We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Corbett and today I've got a bonus episode for you. I'm going to go over the first 10 UFC Strike Champion NFTs and rank them from number 10 all the way to the most valuable number one. But before I get into that, I want to stress that, hey, every single one of these NFTs is going to be worth significant value. These are the equivalent of legendary level NFTs on NBA Top Shot. And if you look up those, you'll realize you've got some significant value available to you here if you purchase one early or if you already have one in your collection. Every single one of these is worth over a grand, in my opinion. And some of them are worth the tens of thousands of dollars. So let's start with the lowest on the totem pole, but by no means... (laughs) Should it be disregarded? And that's at number 10, I've got Cyril Gaon. And the reason I put him here is, first of all, he was never the undisputed champion. On top of that, there's also a Cyril Gaon Contender Series NFT that came out in the very first release of UFC Strike NFTs. So if you are a fan of Cyril Gaon, like myself, you don't necessarily need to pay up for the champion level NFT because you've got that contender level available. So that's why I've got him at number 10. At number nine, I've got Peter Yan. And primarily because, well, first of all, he's not the champion currently. Some of you will argue the fact that losing it via a disqualification shouldn't count, but that's the way it works. People lose the disqualifications. You can't just, you know, like knee somebody in the face when they're down and not expect to get penalized for it. So right now he's not the champion. He will have a title shot sometime soon, and if he does get his belt back, he can move up in this list. But for right now, I got him at number nine. At number eight, I've got Davis and Figueredo. And the reason I put him at eight is although he is a relatively recognizable figure, he doesn't have a huge fan falling when it comes right down to it. And right now, he's currently trying to talk his way out of having a rubber match with Brandon Moreno. Because he doesn't want any part of that. He barely scraped by and got his belt back in their last meeting, you know, via decision. They've got one draw and he has a definitive loss against Brandon Moreno. So that's why I've got him at number eight. At number seven, I've got Thug Rose Namahunas. And the reason I put her here is although this particular moment is phenomenal, her knockout of Weili Zhang is just awesome. Rose Namahunas doesn't have the same sort of name value as some of the other women on the UFC MMA roster. As far as the champions go, she's sort of like the least, uh, I don't know, exciting, I would say. She's a 
phenomenal mixed martial artist. She's technically sound, but she doesn't have that star potential that some others have. So I've got her at number seven. Ahead of her, I got Amanda Nunez. And Amanda Nunez would have been higher on my list if not for the recent loss. Okay, that loss significantly reduces her star value as it goes right now. Now, she can move up this list if she goes ahead and in the rematch gets her belt right back and looks the way she normally looks when she enters the octagon. But for right now, it looks like Amanda Nunez is on the downswing. And that's just not a good place to be if you're investing in NFTs. At number five, I got Brandon Moreno. And your people are going to say, well, yeah, he just lost the title. But yeah, the one thing I'm factoring in here is that Brandon Moreno is the only fighter to stop Davison Figueredo. He's the only one to finish him. That's huge. And this is the NFT of that historical moment. If Davison Figueredo goes on to be a champion for another couple of years and then moves on, calls it quits or whatever, and no one else finishes him, even if he takes losses via decision, this NFT will be a historical moment that you get to keep. So as of right now, it's worth a fair amount, in my opinion. When you get into the top five, I'm not looking at thousands of dollars. I'm looking at tens of thousands of dollars, in my opinion. They won't maybe be listed that high in the beginning, and some people will be able to take advantage and snatch them up early. But a year from now, that's what they're going to be. So don't be an idiot. Either list it high or don't list it at all because you've got something special if you've got one of these top five champions. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news. Now back to the show. At number four, I've got Francis Ngannou. And Francis Ngannou would be higher if not for the fact that we don't know what his future holds. He may never fight for the UFC again. And if that's the case, and UFC Strike has the same sort of challenge goals that are available in NBA Top Shot, then what good is it to have a fantastic fighter who maybe isn't on the roster? That's the problem here. He still warrants a good value because he is the baddest man on the planet. He just defended his heavyweight title against Ciro Gan. He's an imposing figure, immediately recognizable. So he's got great value. It's just, I don't know what his long-term value is going to be if, if things don't work out between him and the UFC when it comes to the contract. And then at number three, I've got Alexander Volkanovsky. And I put him at three primarily because this fight against Brian Ortega was just phenomenal. It's awesome. So having a moment from that particular fight is great. Unfortunately, Volkanovsky isn't the most loved fighter on the roster. There aren't that many big fans of Alexander Volkanovsky. When it comes right down to it, every time he wins, people are a touch disappointed, to be honest. Okay? He does have his fans. He has some dedicated fans. But for the most part, he doesn't have the same huge fan base and widespread fan base that a lot of the other champions have. He isn't seen in that same regard. So it's hard to put him super high but he does deserve to be high because he is a great champion. And that was a phenomenal fight that this moment's taken from. At number two, I've got Valentina Shevchenko. And Valentina, because of what recently happened with the Amanda Nunez lost, she's probably become the most beloved and highly regarded of the women fighters in mixed martial arts. She's also got a fantastic personality. She's a imposing figure in the cage. 
Even her out-of-the-ring exploits are well-documented, and she's probably the top MMA draw for Russians right now. In Russia, <laughs> MMA has become the biggest sport there. So you're talking about a massive country with a huge MMA following, and she's the biggest star. So you've got to put her at number two. At number one, it was simple. This was a no-brainer for me. It's Kamaru Usman, right? He's on his way to maybe becoming the greatest of all time. He's not quite there yet, but with every win, he gets a little bit closer. They're now talking about the potential of him fighting Israel Adesanya for the middleweight title. If that happens and he wins, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, it'll come down to him and George, and that's it. And it's going to come down to who you thought fought the better competition. If he beats Israel Adesanya, you've got to say that that's a more impressive victory at middleweight than George St. Pierre beating Michael Bisping. That's for sure. What George St. Pierre did at welterweight, he has not equaled yet, but that might not be a factor if he goes up and beats Israel Adesanya. So you got to love Kamaru Usman right now. He's an awesome fighter, technically perfect. He's always in the media, huge fan base, like easy, easy number one. So that's my listing. Let me know what you think. I've also got my tiered contender list on our YouTube channel. So check out Pro Sports Podcasters on YouTube and you can see where I've divided the UFC contender series moments into four different categories of which I think are the most likely to increase in value or decrease in value, what they're worth now. Probably the least expensive NFT is going to be somewhere under 50 bucks to begin with. But all of them are going to be at least three figures by the end of one year's time. So if you can wait, wait. If you want to get return, go ahead. There are some that are worth maybe selling now that you'll get a decent return on. But honestly, if you can hold out for one year, you're probably going to get a lot more. So that's the play. Stay tuned to our channel. Make sure you subscribe. We're going to have more NFT information. And as always, we have a ton of MMA content on our YouTube channel, on our website, prosportspodcasters.com, and right here on the podcast. See you next time. If you have any questions for the Pro Sports Podcasters, be sure to reach us on our Twitter account, where you can also slide into our DMs and catch the latest snippets, dirt, and other exclusive things that we will tweet. Check us out at P Podcasters on Twitter.